This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome to Latour Live, everybody. Episode 198, I think it is, Park Parks uh, 198, uh, coming to you live, live from Cape May. Uh, beach new jersey that's your beach mansion right it is not a mansion well you were you were late to the recording which is very unprofessional by the way and (laughs) and thanks for shaving by the way that's (laughs) That's because i've been drinking and i figured that just drinking i figured there's one of your servants forgot to tell you what time it was (laughs) (laughs) they forgot to roust you see the bar in the background i've just been just pouring them left and right while i've been working all day down here it's great i had to come down for someone who's at a beach resort and look what you look stressed for someone who's at their new. Oh, I just out. got a lot going on at work, and I uh, have people here well, putting shades shades in the windows and filling out, fix doing the closets and stuff like that. And oh yeah, you got staff problems, dude. Don't don't listen. Tell me I'm not. It. I know I'm not all about like, it. It's, it's, I'm not acting like I have significant problems. And let me just are, be very clear: Are the drawbridge installers there, or <laughs> <laughs> the gators? Yeah. The gators aren't in the mode yet. Yeah, yeah. To folks who uh, are familiar with our show, uh, you <laughs> of course recognize the voice of the erstwhile and uh, sympathetic Tim Hamilton of the Maryland Crabs podcast. Uh, thanks right. for joining us. I think Tim, uh, it's great to have you. Oh, uh, this is I guess. true. Yeah. Hey Tim, Tim. By the way, um, so my house is in West Cape May, which is is there any no, other Cape May? By the way, yeah. There's a Cape May and a West Cape May oh. and a North Cape May. Oh. Yeah. But West Cape May, like I'm, I can walk to the Washington Street Mall area. I can walk to the beach. Blah 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 blah. blah. Well, you can walk anywhere. Place. I could walk to mm. L.A. It just takes me a few months. <laughs> no, but I think you know, in because your family has a place in Cape May. I we think do. You know the beach lingo, and if you can walk to the beach, that's much more desirable than having to hop in a car in the middle of the summertime and find a parking space. Which you can't, by the way. Since you're, yeah, which you can't. Since you're a newbie, I'm going to tell you you can't do it. Oh, I, I've been here plenty of times to know that you can't do it. Yeah, but you, you've come in as a tourist. That's not the same. We, <laughs> we look down on you people. Yeah, but now I know all the tricks of the trade. I'm, I'm a little annoyed that you've got a place now that you're a real resident. That kind of irks me. Yeah, well, way. like what Dr. Oz is to Pennsylvania, you are to Cape May. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you did know Dr. Oz is running for United States Senate, right? I saw that, man. I, and thank you, Oprah, for that. Right? <laughs> Dr. Phil's next. Dr. Phil's actually going to enter the governor's race. At some we are point. just one big reality show at this point. It like, really, it's nutty, right? We're like oh, the world's we're the world's trailer park, I think. <laughs> and we'll talk about we'll talk about politics in a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, but did you know Tim? Uh, we were actually t- I don't want to act like this is a fake conversation cuz I did tip you off about uh, this. Well, I was going to uh, do prior uh, to the show. Fine. What? I was going to act. I was going to be like surprised and <laughs> even have a little stutter before I started talking as if I kind of like Denzel. You're very, you're very Denzel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. you everybody, everybody says that. I'm sure. No, West Cape May is the only beach resort town in New Jersey that hasn't opted out of selling recreational that marijuana. That has not. So has every, not. So said, no, we will have pot down here. Hmm. That's a very Just bags of it. Pot. Just bags of it. Like in uh, Club Paradise, when they have yeah, just like our old Man- days at St. Francis College, you just do you walk any room you walk into, it just be a cloud. See, here's the thing: is my my family are all pretty straight 
as far as like they, my sisters Losers. never dabbled with this. Yeah, they never. So I'm going to have to like do the stretch thing where at the beach go, oh, I'm going to go stretch my legs and then go down <laughs> to the dispensary. <laughs> they just and, approved uh, Westgate Mayboro just approved the first rec license to a guy who has uh, medicinal licenses all up and down the, the New Jersey beach lot. I forget the name of the guy's company, but uh looks like um, March. They finalize it in March and he'll be open in the summertime. So, oh my God, this is so much fun. So educate right? me. So New right? Jersey, New Jersey passed recreational yeah, marijuana. Recreational marijuana. All yes. right. But then locally so, you would have to pass an ordinance yes. saying oh, local municipalities gonna... can opt in or opt out, oh, okay. which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd either want it or they don't like ocean city, New Jersey, which is dry. Doesn't want it. Stone Harbor dry? doesn't want it. Stone yeah. Harbor. They're, I didn't know they were dry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ocean oh, city, New Jersey's notorious, notoriously dry. You can't eat. There's no good restaurants there. Because uh, there's no liquor license. Yeah, New Jersey, like for, for residents of Pennsylvania, and I think Pennsylvania is a little bit weird. You guys are like with your liquor laws are just like draconian. Inane. But, yeah, but New Jersey. But we're designed that way. Yes, I know. Uh, you, I think you educated me that. that I did. During that prohibition. But, yes. But uh, for those who don't know, in New Jersey, they have a limited number of liquor licenses. So if you, so you, you can open up a restaurant. But getting a liquor license is next to impossible. So you have to bring your own booze to a lot of these restaurants, which is just stupid to me. Right. Hey, yeah. so quickly, when you when you buy weed in, in Cape May, do they put it in a nice little gift bag like they do everything that you buy in Cape May? Like a little I don't know. Little tie I mean, little ribbon they around haven't it. Sold any. I think you'll be able to get it with your fudge. So when you're leaving town <laughs> too to bring stuff back to the family, taffy. you can smuggle in some <laughs> pot in your box of fudge. That's it's cool. a little over. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's people don't know. You have the candy kitchen, and they're they're, they're sh- it's not their shtick. It's a scam. They say I want a quarter pound of fudge, and every single time they'll go, "It's a little over." Is that okay? And if you say, well, no, if it's under, they can't be under, but it's okay to be over. It's such a scam. <laughs> so if the weed place does it, I'm all good with it. But the bag question, Parksy, is we have dispensaries here, and they're really good in Annapolis. And if I get something there and I bring it home, they have a bag that's beautiful, hmm. but they have the marijuana plant logo on the outside. And my kids are 17 and 18, and you know, I, I know they smoke. I'm not stupid. I hear the Pink Floyd through the walls. And <laughs> – so I got to I got to dump the bag before I come home and hide it in my briefcase. I'm hiding stuff from my kids to bring it in. You're pretty bad to the bone. Yeah, yeah I mean you just you're just you're that was a bad joke. That's yeah. a bad joke. No, I don't think so. I, I but, thought it was a bad joke. So are we gonna meet over the summer and do some edibles? No, dude, I don't let you into my neighborhood. I've already put posters <laughs> up. You're not allowed anywhere around here. Oh, I'm not going to get past the gatehouse to the Latour mansion. <laughs> hey, Parks, how about those Steelers? Boy, did they suck it up again to end the season. Huh? Oh, yeah. It was It was just, you know, I was like, I was sitting there and expecting nothing. And then uh, they, they then got they that. They teased you a little bit. They teased they? They you teased with that defensive you. touchdown and holding them to no points. And then it just, just all fell apart in the halftime. The sky opened up. Oh, it was like, what, 97 to 14, right? Something around there. I think maybe they hit triple digits. You could be right. I think Kansas City just scored another touchdown as Wednesday. Exactly. It's a good day for so. me. It was uh, Dallas and Pittsburgh. They were all knocked out on the same. Do you day. get into football, Hamilton? You look like a uh, you look like a non-athletic guy in general. Uh, uh, I am you, fit, you, my friend. That's jealousy f- talking right there. 
Do you I, follow? Do you follow the NFL? Are you like a Ravens fan because you live in Maryland? No, I grew up a Redskins fan because I grew up right outside DC. So right. we had we had season. Tickets. But have you switched uh, fact, now? I was I was at the game when Joe Theismann no, got his leg broken. Don't no, call me a liar. I will hang up right now. No, you. But it was, you, uh, you definitely weren't. I tolerate the Ravens, and, mm-hmm. uh, but you know I'm, I've grown up a Redskins fan, and I, I love the NFL. The three sports, I like NFL, I like uh, basketball, mostly college basketball and boxing. Those are my, my, my go-tos. Baseball, I am indifferent. I just don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I like going to the games. They're, they're the best games to go to. Are you still allowed oh, to whatever. use the term Redskins, even though uh, that's past? Yeah, you said Redskins. Yeah, so we well, can think, say that in the past? Do we have to bleep that out? Yeah. Well, I think the same way that the people in Chicago <laughs> refer to it as Sears Tower. You know, no matter what they call it, it's always going to be Sears Tower. So you can't unracist so us. Yeah, we're, we're we're permanently racist. We've been tainted by that. Parks, I don't understand the people who support Mike Tomlin. Uh, you know, and I know one of our frequent co-hosts, Scott Paterno, is a big Tomlin fan. But, you know, there's a shelf life in NFL coaches, and he hasn't won a Super Bowl in 14 years. The Steelers are now in their longest drought for winning a playoff game, Hamilton, of six years. I know they're not the Washington football team, but we expect excellence in our football club. And the last four playoff games, they've given up, I think, a thousand points in the last four playoff games. And, you know, they've just gotten drubbed every single time. But people seem to act like this guy's untouchable. I don't understand it. His Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator was Bruce Arians, who just won a Super Bowl with Tampa. And his defensive coordinator was Dick LeBeau, who is a Hall of Famer. And now we've got some guys straight out of college running the offense. And and uh, Tomlin's taken over the defense. And they both stink. And I just see no end in sight of just being happy that they don't have losing seasons. Somehow, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season ever. And that's a great thing, even though... He's three and eight in his last 11 playoff games. They haven't won a playoff game in six years now, but I'm supposed to be happy about that parks. Hmm. And I'm ignoring Hamilton because you're the Steelers fan. Well, you know how I feel. I, I do like Tomlin. I just believe it's the coaches around him. I believe he runs a great but organization. He picks them yes, and he picks the personnel too. And yeah. all you dummies out there that say he can only coach what he has. He plays a major role in picking those players parks. Eh, does the GM have any? Well, yes, say? he does. How dare you, Parks? Why does this guy get such a pass? Don't be racist. Why are you? <laughs> why are you a Pittsburgh Steelers? You are such a jerk. <laughs> why are you a Steelers fan anyway? I thought you guys were in a, a suburb of Philadelphia. Well, no, you grew up in the center of the state in Harrisburg. You're literally right smack dab in the middle. So I grew up rooting for the Steelers, and then I root for every other team I root for is Philly. So I'm a Phillies fan. I'm a Sixers fan, which is easy because there's no Pittsburgh NBA team. And I'm a Flyers fan. Um, What's that movie about that? But I have to tell you, though, I really enjoy the people of Pittsburgh so much more than Philadelphia. Like, I want to switch all my allegiances, but I can't do that. I'm not a fake sports fan. I can't all of a sudden say, I'm a Pirates-Penguins fan now. I can't do it. Although, you know, I'm happy when they win. Yeah, see, I... But not like a Steelers win. It's not It's not the same to me. Yeah, I'm a transplant to Central PA because I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. So I'm all Pittsburgh, Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, everything except for Pitt since I went to school at WVU. Right. So, but I'm a Pittsburgh guy from that reason. Right. I, I don't, you know, I mean, obviously, Philadelphia fans are the worst. I think we can all agree on that. Just don't 
Uh, is he cut off? He's talking. He's, he's cut off. Good. So no, I will talk about No, I'm signaling Parks to ask how much time we have oh, left, right. you dope. Well, it's great. It. You did it very subtly. That was very nice. Well, you, like, I'm waving trying your to hands get like his a, attention while you talk. That's how like we do house, the show. Like your house is on fire. I was panicking for a second. <laughs> You're such an ass. All right, but go ahead. Phillies fans are the worst. I think we can all agree on that. I don't agree with that. I don't, well, I don't we're going, necessarily we're, buy into that. We're going to hear from our sponsors right now. Let's just leave it at Philadelphia fans are the worst. And no, I don't think so. Dallas Cowboy fans were just literally throwing things at their team after they lost the playoff game Sunday. There's I think they were aiming for the refs, though. I, I, well, maybe not, but great, I saw that. Like, like Philadelphia, one fan threw a snowball at Santa Claus like 40 years ago. It was and, all, it was the entire stadium, dude. <laughs> and, I happen to find that to be funny, just for yeah. the record. Uh, it's like the Republicans. <laughs> One six was just a field trip. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Okay. All right, we'll be right back here with Tim Hamilton and Maryland Crabs podcast, uh, and of course the great Michael Parks with Roy Lot WHP five. Hey gang, welcome in here, Latour Live. I can't believe the email I just got. So, uh, I live in, as everybody knows, listens to the show, Camp Hill Borough, Pennsylvania. And I just got an email, Hamilton. Climate Action Plan Survey. The Camp Hill Climate Action Task Force has been authorized to do a climate action plan for the borough. Like, why are you upset? I don't even know what that means. And you look like everything's climate plan, COVID, like the world is ending. And I'm so sick of this. Shit. I'm so sick of it. You can beat that out, right, Parks? Yes, I can. You can beat notice, it and just let it the, roll. The guests did not curse. The prof- I, I wanted to curse. get it in there because I'm so sick and tired of this. Like it's COVID is the end of the world. Climate and- is the end of the world. Now my borough's doing a climate action plan survey. Could you just leave me alone, Hamilton? Could you just pick up my trash? Could you uh, clean up the snow, shovel the snow out, uh, make sure I have electricity, have a parade. the sewer works, and just leave me alone? How's that? How's that, Parks? Am I okay with that? Yes. His little fists are all balled up and his face is all red. <laughs> Look at him go. He's just so angry. I think this has to, do with, has to do with me last week because I asked him what kind of fireplace he had, and he says he had a Marcellus shell uh, gas fireplace, <laughs> and then he also burned real wood in his upstairs one every single day. Fireplace upstairs, so, downstairs I have a gas. So he's leaving yeah, a, he his carbon, his carbon a, footprint. I, I love to burn wood. I, I burn it probably every night. Well, we do. Because uh, I no I you don't no you yeah don't. no you don't we go through three cords every winter because we have a fire every night I get depressed three cords yep I don't wow. like winter 
I gotta order. I have to order more wood, by the way. Hey, real quick, Tim, are you impressed that the Biden administration sending 450 million masks out to Americans for free? Here's the thing. This is, you know how I feel about the Trump administration and just how inept and incompetent. You love them. Just, You're a big Trump fan. Yes, so you're on the record. And and obviously, and I'm an independent, lean Democrat. But you're, but you're I am not so an independent. You're a Democrat. So I am so disgusted with the way the Biden administration handled COVID in general because we looked at how it was bungled by right. the, by the the Trump administration. The it Trump absolutely administration. was. So you sure. think that he's coming along? They've had time to come up with a plan. They've had time to figure this out. Nope. They come in and they're going to send out these. I mean, I signed up for the test yesterday and it would have been a few days ago if you're listening to this on Saturday. But uh, the test, you could sign up and the website will work great. I signed up right away. But getting them, I just don't see how that's going to happen. You know, for what, 500,000? I I just I think they I think they bungled a lot of stuff, frankly. But this is something that they've they've gone forth and bungled, too. I, I I, we need the test. I was talking to Parks before this. My my son is fake sick today, so he's not going into school. But we have to have a COVID test to get him back into school tomorrow. So I got to go buy a COVID test, and they're thirty bucks for two. Now, luckily, you know, I have I have a client who who has them. But but someone's like, well, you get free COVID tests. I'm like, I'm not waiting in line for right. for, for for five hours for a COVID test. Not happening. By the way, we've been ordering COVID tests on uh, Amazon, and they come in, and it hasn't been a problem. Uh, but now we're sending out all these free tests and free masks. You know what's going to happen. All this crap is going to be on eBay. Oh, with, by the, with jacked up prices. By the way, these tests do not take the cold well. So, right. Great idea sending them out in February, in January, in February. That just that to Pennsylvania and upstate New York, where they're going to be sitting in the, in the uh, mailboxes going bad. But no, I'm, I'm not happy with it. I was telling I mean, Dave. Seems, I was telling. Ahead, uh, I was telling Tim that uh, Ollie's. Is now has COVID test, and I asked him about yeah. the uh, authenticity and the, uh, the 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 quality of a COVID test being sold at Ollie's. Here's the deal: the federal government can't do anything right, Hamilton. Whether it's Republicans or Democrats, and now we have these dummies. By the way, Omicron's been here for what a month, just mm-hmm. running right through America, mild, definitely mild. Uh, people are overreacting once again. Don't get me started. But it's like, hey, over a month and a half later, here's 450 million free mass and here's a bunch of tests. But, you know, hey, sorry we were late. Sorry. Sorry. Well, Trump got up there like halfway through 2020 and he basically said it's up to the states. And he walked away from the mic and everyone was howling, just saying that's ridiculous. And I agreed it was ridiculous. But last week, Biden gets up and he's like, it's up to the states. And Democrats were fine with it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You got to pick. We got to be realistic here. And you got to hold your own guy accountable that if it's up to the states then fine. But but the federal governments are the one who's hoarding hoarding these these tests. You know, right. 500,000 tests are at the federal level. Crazy, right? Down to the states. They're literally hoarding the tests and making it harder for people to get tests. It's yeah. just it, it's all going to be for sale on on secondary markets and it's going to be in countless social media memes and videos and people will be burning the masks people will be making fun of the mask people will be wearing the mask saying why are you making fun of and burning the masks it's just it's just like it, it never ends that it, it goes back to my bros climate action survey plan like it it just it's people love the drama hamilton and i'm tired of the drama and it's all drama well see we're all about the climate here just because we live on the Chesapeake Bay 
And right. we, I, we haven't had measurable snow in five years till last week. I mean, we go years without snow. I'm, I'm a gardener, so I grow things here I shouldn't be able to grow. It's right. So we're a little bit concerned about it here. And we get all the Fair crap. Point. We get the crap point. you people dump into the South Oh, yeah, Atlanta. we are. You Thanks are the that. toilet in the Chesapeake yep. Bay. You are our toilet. And there's you no open, doubt about it. All you our open cow, up that dam and all, all your cow crap, crap comes through. It's yeah. so true. It's so true. Okay, so another topic I want to get to is, you know, we're talking Democrats here. Um, Paul Begala came out on CNN this week and said that Democrats don't have bad leaders. They have bad followers. And James Carville came out and said, Democrats are whiners and we need to stop whining. So I guess my question to you, Tim, is, well, first of all, these guys are strategists, and they don't say things willy-nilly without a point. And they're trying to get people to come around to supporting leadership uh, uh, for the midterm elections in November because it looks like it's going to be a bloodbath and Republicans might take the House and the Senate uh, come November because that's what traditionally happens in yep. midterms. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet. So, um, you know, I guess my take – I, I just was wondering what your take is on that. Are they bad followers? Are they whiners? Or do they have a point in going after their party's leadership? Whatever that leadership happens to be, I'm not sure what it is. There is no leadership. I mean, that that's the problem with the Democrats is that when the Republicans take power, Mitch McConnell, he gets stuff done. I mean, he whether you like it or not, he's going to ram it through and he rams it through and he's right. absolutely shameless. He'll he'll skirt the rules. He'll change the rules. He'll but he doesn't care. And And I think. Democrats jump in like, aha, we got you for being a hypocrite. And he doesn't care. He just cares about the end product. Democrats get into power. They get nothing done. That's, and that's not just this administration. It's in general. But then it, it brings up another point that I was thinking about the other day when people said that the, that the Democrats have gone more far left. I don't think they have perchance. What does it mean to be a conservative now? Like what are the tenets of, of being a conservative? What are the tenets of it? Yeah, yeah. They they change on an annual basis. I mean, because I, I'm looking at, you could, and you could say today's Trump- conservative, today's conservative is probably in some ways a radical right, in some ways because being really conservative is out. Okay, in my mind, being really conservative is out. So, you know, I, I think the definition has changed. Like, um. Uh, well, I would actually let me back up. I'm a moderate, but yep. by today's standards, I'm a conservative. Uh, I think a lot of people would who don't know me think I'm a conservative, and I'm not. I'm moderate. I'm a moderate Republican. Uh, I voted for Democrats. Um, I have friends. I actually have friends who are Democrats. I know that sounds strange, Hamilton, uh, but I have a lot of friends who are Democrats. And and guess what? We don't talk about politics. We don't talk a lot about politics. We just hang out and enjoy each other's company. So my politics are moderate, but I'm perceived to be conservative. So going back to your original question, which I'm sure at this point I've confused everybody, traditional conservatives are far right today. Moderate conservatives are considered mainstream conservatives today. I could, I got. I mean, I genuinely this. I'm not making a point, a sarcastic point. Trump upended what it means to be a conservative, and he was he was championing championing. Uh, processes that were not conservative. For example, conservatives believe in free markets. Trump doesn't believe in free markets. You know, he he believes in protectionism. Uh, you know, he believes. You know, he he talked about uh, regulating the media. You know, so uh, I feel I feel like Trump 
upended a lot of the basic tenets of, of being a conservative. So I'm genuinely confused as to when you have the two parties and, you, you know, they've always been liberal and conservative. I mean, you know, moderates kind of straddle that line. Right. And, and people say that the Democrats have gone far left, which I don't I mean, you have elements, of course, that have gone to the far left, but not not many. Because I think the Democrats keep their radicals contained much better than the Republicans do. I mean, at least for the time being. But I get confused as to to what conservatives are. I mean, traditionally it was, uh, you, you know, conservatives say stay stay out of our lives. Okay, what about gay marriage? Well, no, we're not going to have that. But, right. But, but you know, Second Amendment, obviously. Um, yeah, abortion. you go back and forth. You, you make a really good point. Democrats say voter ID is racist, but you have to show a vaccination card and your ID when you walk into a restaurant. It, we just pick and choose our values anymore. And it's all very hypocritical. I just, you know, I, I feel like we're talking, we're talking about sports again right now, because that's all politics now is it's sports for nerds. You know, that, that is people have their teams and they don't, they don't think about what the base values of that team is anymore. And I, I think the Democrat and Republican parties are completely outmoded completely. Because right. yeah, I don't think that the Republicans speak for you completely, and that's why I'm not a Democrat, but I lean Democrat. But they're completely outmoded. You're a Democrat. You're a Democrat. But, um, I'm not. I think it's just cool for you to say you're independent. Paterno is the same way. Well, he's a Republican, and he says I'm an independent, and he is a registered independent. I'm sure you are too. Are you registered independent? Yeah. Yeah, but you're. It's a cool thing. You're you're trying to be one of the cool guys. Well, let's I just face cool it. Guy. But I also I vote for Republicans too. I voted for Hogan twice. You know, right off the bat. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, but I just, you know, I look at it now and I think we, we need to shake up, not just in the political system, but in the parties. I, right. I think it's ridiculous. It doesn't, they, they, neither of them speak for either of us, really. We're arguing stuff that we don't even believe in because we belong to that team. Yeah. Could you imagine? So for you, it's not the followers, it's the leadership. So Paul Miguel is wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the leaders because they set the tone. They absolutely right. set the tone, and they're and the the Democrats are leaderless, so they're not setting a tone. So, so I think the Democratic Party's adrift, and you have the factions it's that pop up. It's an interesting point. Like, I'm not going to get into the whole voting rights debate, but it's pretty clear in the Constitution, voting is handled by the states. The election system is handled state by state. Uh, I found it interesting. Nancy Pelosi said on Martin Luther King Day that. Um, uh, Washington and Jefferson would be appalled. By the way, two big states' rights founding fathers. Although more, more Jefferson than Washington, Washington started leaning more toward a federalist approach. So um, maybe I'll give her a slide on that a little bit. But more than that, more than anything, I was shocked to hear the Speaker of the House uh, mention um, two founding fathers who I thought were canceled. Yeah, but but here, but I'm. You talk about the states' rights. Thirty-three states have enacted. Uh, laws that gives the individual legislatures more power mm -hmm. over the election results. That scares mm -hmm. the hell out of me. That scares the hell out yeah. of me. It should. Yeah. No, yeah. it should. Because you you have legislators who can now nullify the vote of the people in the states they represent, depending on the party that it, that that is in when power. When was the last time that a state wrong. nullified? When was the last time a state nullified a vote of the people? It hasn't because these laws are new. I think, and it, it could have happened the last election if if some certain states had their way, it would have happened. So what about suppressing the vote? Are they suppressing the vote too? Because 2020 had more people vote than any, it was the largest voter turnout in American history. I just keep hearing voter suppression, your votes aren't going to count. Well, my vote? I don't know. I don't no, in all, in all, you know, nationwide, largest turnout in history, 
2020. I just don't I, understand what we're I trying think, to fix. Look, I just think it should be as easy as hell to vote. I think that, you know, everyone should be registered. Everyone should like automatically when you turn 18, that, that it should just be, make it easier that stop closing. Clearly it's pretty easy. Clearly it's pretty easy though. We had more people vote than ever in 2020. I know, but you had people who who never voted before, but also look at the lines that you had down in Georgia when they were closing precincts. And in Texas, when they're oh, please don't start Georgia and Texas as if there's some boogeyman bad guys who tried to suppress the votes. I mean, if you want to look at a bad, then why close the polling places? If if you want to look at bad voter laws, look at Delaware. Look at Delaware. It is easier to vote now in Georgia than it is Delaware. But we don't complain about Delaware because there's ten voters there. (laughs) Delaware shouldn't be a state. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) All right, gang. Hey, Tim's got a lot on his mind. I'm going to turn segment three over to him. We'll see how he does. If he doesn't do well, I promise you, we'll just cut him off. We'll be right back here. We'll do our live. WHP 580. I am Jeremiah Dixon. I am a Jody boy. Glass of wine with you, sir, and the ladies I'm enjoying. Old Durham and Northumberland is measured up by my own hand. It was my fate from birth. To make my mark upon the earth He calls me Charlie Mason Stargazer am I It seems that I was born to chart the evening sky They've cut me out for baking bread But I had other dreams instead This baker's boy from the west country would join the Royal Society We are sailing to Philadelphia A world away from the coldy tide Sailing to Philadelphia Hey gang, welcome back here with Tour Live WHP 580. We've run over in our first two segments. So Tim, you've got to stay on time. I'm sick and tired of you not following You're not the, the boss of me. Show. Uh, all right, okay, you got a lot to get off your chest. Go ahead. This is Tim's time. Well, first of all, Parksy, how old are you? I'm 64. Okay, so I, I'm not talking about Parksy here. He, he's <laughs> Parksy, you get a pass. No. So uh, Get off my lawn. My wife was watching uh, TV the other night, and I wandered in, and it was the Big Chill. Everyone has the Big Chill soundtrack. I love the Big Chill soundtrack. And I was thinking about why I watched it, because it was 1984. And at the time, the Baby Boomers, it, it's, a, it's an anthem to Baby Boomers. It was the first, like, touch point for the Baby Boomer culture. And there was a Baby Boomer culture. And I watched it, and I'm like, how indulgent this is. And to me, it just kicked off. A period of baby boomer self-obsession and arrogance and just complete selfishness. And I look at and you can't say that because, you know, everyone will pick on the millennials and the Zoomers. And I, I and X, we, we kind of we're kind of a mysterious group in so much as no everyone ignores us. But I look at the boomers and I, I'm going to say it. I said, look, we were just talking politics. They're all boomers. They, for the most part, and the the radical the radical ones are you know the tail end of X and millennials. 
I'm tired of the boomers. No, nah, I don't think tail end of X. You leave our generation out of it. We rock. Yeah, yeah we do, actually. I think so. You know, We're really good. We're tough. I am tired of the boomers. Like, their music was awesome. You know, and no, all other music sucks. You know, their memories of the 60s and 70s were incredible. But I, everything we had culturally, you know, it's no different than any other generation. And they think that they are the most important touchstones and the, the, the pinnacle of American culture. And I'm tired of it. They're they're yeah. all 70s and 60s. I mean, not Parksy. Parksy's awesome. You know, that's <laughs> you're the exception. You're the exception, Parks. But I mean, I can't argue with you. I mean, look. Um, but I just I get what you're saying. And my parents are this... boomers because I'm. They were very young when they had me. So, but so I got to be careful. <laughs> but but listen, the millennials are the worst. I just I don't know. I, it's hard for me to get past the millennials. They're punks. They are punks. Get off my lawn, kid. Uh, right, let's break this down. Why are they? Why are they the worst? They're the worst because they don't understand what it's like to have to struggle. They think everything should be theirs and given to them at any given time when they want it. And if they don't want it, they complain. They don't want to work hard. They don't want to work hard. They uh, they don't want to pay their dues. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on about why I don't like millennials. I don't know. I think they say that about every generation. And and the first coddled generation was the boomers because their parents were through the depression and they didn't want their kids to go through something. So they overindulged them. So when the boomer, di- but by the way, this is a really weird time in our country. And a lot of it and, and, and a lot of the dialogues being driven by inexperienced millennials who haven't paid their dues. And while I tend to agree with you that most generations go through that learning curve, this is something wholly different that I don't understand. And, you know, millennials are at the heart of that. And I think, I think baby boomers are in the, in a reflective state where they're trying to make up for their past sins. I don't think they acknowledge any past sins. I to them, every generation after them has been kind of a letdown because <laughs> everyone craps on the generation behind them. But I was thinking about this because what you said about the work ethic and you know putting paying your dues. Right. I was, I was thinking I worked for a company for ten years that that. You know, I enjoyed to an extent, but it came at a cost because I had no life. I worked literally 70 hours a week for 10 years, and then the owner died, and the business kind of collapsed after that. And I walked away from that going, you know, all the sacrifice I made, you know, all the missed birthdays and anniversaries and time with my kids and, you know, leaving vacations early or having vaca- uh, meetings during vacations, it didn't matter in the end. No one cares. Like the business ended and we walked away and all the right. things I paid, no one cared. So I look at the millennials and I had a lot that worked for me and people said the same things like they're mercenary. They only, you know, they were in at eight and out on the dot at five. They were talking about their benefits and their salaries. That's all they care about. And I'm like, maybe they have it right. And we all have it wrong. Hmm. I, I, your, your company doesn't care about you. Like right. you know, if you died, not because you, you own a company, but, but if Parksy and I died, right. our companies right. would send flowers and a card, but no one's paying on. They're not paying they my mortgage. On. Cause you're a punk. You're bit, well, I'm a tall punk, but I mean, I, your <laughs> company doesn't care about you. So I'm wondering if the millennials are actually smarter and we're all the suckers that we were brought up to think that, you, you know, like this Japanese sort of way that give yourself to the company, work hard, make sacrifice. Why? Right. Why? As long as you're doing your job, you have a, an agreement with a company. I'm doing X for this much money. So, Good so point. why stay later? I mean, look, their attitudes can be kind of annoying and you know, they're, they are boomers version two, by the way. Because right. the they're 81 million and they're 81 million, right. I think like 30 million. So we hate, we're sandwiched in between two obnoxious generations. <laughs> but, but I think when it comes to work ethic, I think that we've, we've had it wrong the whole time and they've had it right. All right, Tim time. What else is on your mind? All right, colleges. 
colleges. My kids uh, were going through the college application for my daughter. Did right. you know, Dave, that colleges are a little bit expensive now? Did you realize that? Yeah. They're thousands of dollars a year sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so I was thinking about this where the kids are 18 and they can right. enter into a contract for, you know, right. $200,000, you know, $150,000, $200,000. No biggie, that. right? They can, no biggie. They can't, they can't buy a beer. They can't rent a car. They can, they can, it's the first year they can vote and, or buy cigarettes or, you know, but they, they can enter into a contract for $150,000, $200,000 a year and get this college ed, of education, get the college education and come out. And are they, if they're an attorney or if they're a doctor or if they're an accountant, you know, where it's something that you, you go specifically. Right. But if, but if you go for like liberal arts or poli sci or, you know, say, and you come out and you're kind of adrift, like, you know, you and I were communications majors and I love my college experience. And, and, but you come out with the debt and, you know, it's up to you at that point, but at that much money, the, the college, I, what's your value for a college now? I Agreed. Think, I, I think the colleges should have their feet. Politics aside, people say right. that colleges have become liberal. They've always been liberal. They always have. That's just that's that's the bastion of thought. That's where they've been. Nothing's changed. You know, I, so I, that I, said, I, what what value are you getting when you're spending all this money? Yeah, I I think it's a great question, and and that's why my son's only getting a, an associate's degree. Um, and we talked about it, and he was a little concerned, like Dad. But you know, if I don't have a bachelor's, I won't make as much money. I said, ridiculous. I said, uh, most employers aren't looking at your college degree. Nope, they're looking at work. Now, listen, if it's a specific discipline, yes, they want to make sure that you have a background in it. But I told my kid, I said, hey, listen, I ran up a huge amount of college debt to get a liberal arts degree that never got me anywhere or did anything for me, except I mean, have a lot of fun in college and meet guys like you and, and the friends that we have and things like that. That was great. Um but it wasn't real world and it wasn't anything that I needed. Uh, and I, so I told him, I said, what's going to make your career son is whether you work hard or not. It's True. all about working hard. And if you work hard, you move up in a company. I said, but if you really want to make the real money, you learn it, you, you learn how that company operates and then you open your own shop and you and I you open your own shop. You and I worked in media to, to know that when you, I mean, we both write. I mean, I, that's right. why I'm a writer. You know, that essentially right. that's what you do too. And we, I, I learned a good amount of that at, at our college. But then that said, uh, you know, I, uh, you, when you start media, when you come out of school, they just break you down and retrain you the way that they want to train you, you know, th as far as writing and as far as, you know, so everything you learn, not everything you learn in college, but you're, you're, you're getting your real education at your first couple jobs. You know, that, that's where you're learning these things. But right. I just, you know, I, 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 when I, I've hired a lot of people, I've hired probably, you know, maybe a hundred people in my career. And I look at their resumes. I look at their work experience. I barely look at their college. I look at their college to see how old they are. You know, and by the way, kids don't put your GPA on your resume no, because nobody cares what your GPA is. And I don't I, care if you are the social chair at your fraternity or sorority. I just don't, I don't care, care about any of that. I want to, and, and that's a really important point. I look for work experience on a resume. Did you work in the summertime when you were in college? Because if you got gaps there, you better have a darn good reason why you thought it was cool to just hang out in the summertime. And you I, better not only better you better nail the interview and you better nail that interview. Right. You better send me a freaking thank you note after that because that's right. a test. I don't care about being thanked. That's the test. And that that was a big thing on Twitter uh, a few months ago. And I'll I'll side with you on this, the millennials, where someone said they're an HR manager and they said I, I get very few thank you notes as a hint to millennials and Zoomers who are looking for jobs. Right. Send a thank you note. And the number of, of, of kids, I'll call them kids, 
who pr- pushed back saying, if you want to thank you, no, you're that insecure, then I don't want to work for your company. I'm like, and that's what People I'm like, moronic. And I'm like, that, that's a test. You, you send a thank you note be to, because that's the business savvy thing to do. And I want to see that you're business savvy. I will say this, Hamilton. How much time do we have, Parks? Oh, uh, one minute. See? Right. I'll, just say, <laughs> I'll just say this. I have never hired anybody who didn't send me a thank you note. Yep. A personal thank you note to show. I, I want to know that you want to be part of the team. I want to know that you're not just doing a bunch of interviews i know you are but i want to hear that you're interested in being part of the yeah. team you better and, be and shiny and happy in that interview and, you know? and here's what those millennials need to understand uh who pushed back and said you know you're insecure no i've built a business my livelihood depends on it other people who i employ depend on your production and your talent and your dedication and i want to know you're in and it's just that simple. Even if you are insecure, you're the insecure guy who's controlling their employment. So, you yeah, know, play the game. That's, that's true. All right, gang. Hey, good. Tim, did you get it all off your chest? I got it off my chest. I feel better. I'm gonna, I don't have to see my therapist this week. After all. all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, gang. Hey, we'll be right back here. LaCour Live, WHP 5 My favorite beach is a tropical island with sugar white sand and one palm tree. Little thatched huts on stilts in the water Where we can live easy and barefoot free So grab your white shorts and your pink sunglasses Your parrot head shirt and your Kenny CDs Then close your eyes and touch the map with your finger Cause this time tomorrow that's where we'll be My favorite beach is no big secret it's a little piece of paradise that's easy to find Right where the sand and the sky meet the water And I can fall asleep looking in your eyes My favorite beach is anywhere, anywhere with you What you watching? What you watching? What you watching on TV? What you watching? What you watching? Time to tell old Hey, could you see that Hamilton back in the old days in college up at Spanky's, putting that on the jukebox and <laughs> playing darts and drinking Alabama Slammers and eating uh, I hot think wings? The song I always remember from college it was uh, "Lawyers, Guns, and Money." Was Lawyers, they played? Guns, and... I remember. Um, from college, uh, grunge. Yeah, that grunge. Time. Grunge was big, and all the girls wore baggy, crappy clothing. Now, girls in college wear nothing. That's awful. Uh, pretty much all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it upsets me. Yes. Yeah, and uh, when we went to school, most of the girls, girl I dated, uh, at, you know, our mutual friend Amy, she was not a baggy dresser. But she most, was not. She dressed very smart. She's very. <laughs> That's my British. She she's a smart dresser. <laughs> smart dress. By the way, what happened with poop in the box? You okay? Uh, so did uh, the poop well, get there? I'm just saying that the good news is that it has gone to the top of my priority list. That's the good news. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he hasn't done it yet, dude. Can you just answer this question? They are stalking me like an ex girlfriend right now. Yeah. Can I just ask you this question? The poop isn't in the box though, right? 
No, yeah, poop that's, is not that's, in a box. No, that's the that's the tricky part. That's the part. <laughs> that's where we're hitting the wall. Right there. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim Hamilton, Marilyn Krabs podcast, St. Francis College alum. What are you watching? So I uh, watch The Righteous Gemstones. I love that show. It's Danny McBride. He was Eastbound and Down and Principles. He oh. plays the same character in every series, which which I love. I, his character is fantastic. Just out there and loud and brash. Yep, and just clueless and and just unaware of himself. And it's he is a in a preacher family, and it works. That is led by John Goodman, and they are like they are scammers, like all of these televangelists are, and they are. They're absolute just scammers, and it is hilarious. Just and it, it's not an indictment of religion or it's, of spirituality or or belief, but it's an indictment of the structure. And I I'm not a big uh, religious guy or or a, uh, a you know spiritual guy, so to me I find it hilarious. But you've got to check it out. He is fantastic. gemstones. What's it on? Tell everybody. It, HBO. It's the righteous HBO Max. Uh, no, just regular HBO. Well, probably on HBO Max then for people who don't have normal cable. So well, it would probably I'm, be I'm streaming sure on HBO. You have every Max. channel, yeah. It's okay. All right, I will watch an episode tonight. All right now, what are you watching, Dave? No, you don't get to. No, that's not how this works. Don't Parks goes. Park, next. You, know, you know what? You're cut off. You're going last. <laughs> just <laughs> Michael Parks. Producer extraordinaire, what are you watching? Uh, back on Boba Fett, and uh, it's it's starting to come back now. But did you Boba know? Boba Fett that sucks. I, I heard it's Boba, not great. Boba Fett is awful. I love it. It is all. No, you don't. It sucks. <laughs> I can't. Why does I can't every love it. Star Wars series have to be on Tatooine? Okay. And yes, I know the name, and I pronounce it correctly. Why, why can't it be Third. younger Boba Fett in one of those cool? Ultra modern, fly around, everything's flying around cities that you saw in some of the Star Wars right. movies. Like, why can't it be when he was young and he was killing people? Yeah. You know, no, it's him in a desert, Tim, and and with a bunch of kids acting like they're a biker gang. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Now you'll also be upset though that uh, Disney <sighs> has uh, uh, changed the name of his ship. Did you hear about that? They can't call it. No. Oh, can't be slave anymore. No. No, it's called Kevin. Kevin the Ship. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? It's uh, what is it co- the Odyssey of the Avenger or some sort of thing. Even the actor is like upset over it, and he's kind of <laughs> like mumbling. He goes, "Oh yeah, they renamed it something." I don't know. The name of the ship was Slave One. Yeah. So they changed. And now it's it. called Equality. <laughs> <laughs> Equity. Equity yeah. One. It's All called right. Equity One. All right, you know what the money? What else you got? Parks. That, that's it to you. Parks? To you. All right. All right. So real quick. Watching 1883 on Paramount Plus. Uh, I'm so happy, but unfortunately, it's the last season of Afterlife with Ricky Gervais Hamilton. Love him. Uh, if you have not watched Afterlife, they are half-hour episodes like Cobra Kai. They're easy to just start stacking them up. But be careful when you stack them up because season three is the last season. He basically plays a widower who works at a small-town newspaper, and he's going back and forth between watching videos of his deceased wife and trying to get on with his life. And in so many ways it's touching and poignant, but so hilarious at the same time. And that is the gift of Ricky Gervais. The first season, pull that off first season. Like you said, it was so it was funny as hell because it's Ricky Gervais and it was gut wrenching. There's there's that, there's that one scene where he's on the couch and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. And I was trying not to cry. It was just amazing. Now I didn't see season two though. 
Oh, uh, season two is fantastic. Yeah, I heard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch he's this. Got the, he's got the crazy sex obsessed psychiatrist. <laughs> like, like that guy steals every scene that he's in. Is is sex obsessed psychiatrist? And then one night in season two, he runs into to him and two buddies at a pub, and they're all and all three guys are just sex obsessed morons. <laughs> it's just great writing. The writing is fantastic, Hamilton. I That's think what I like about Afterlife. The original British Office with Ricky Gervais, maybe the best comedy hilarious ever done. Ever done period. And hilarious. It's, dark. it's darker than the American version. It's really, right. He's he's fantastic. He, he's just brilliant. And then finally, uh, I'm looking forward to Ozark's coming back, the final yep. season, season four of Ozark, Netflix. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. Let's get together and love it together, Hamilton. We'll and love thanks it together to at Cape May. Right. We'll do it at Cape May. West. Um, West, West Cape, <laughs> West Cape May, May. Hey, listen, I want to thank Tim Hamilton, Maryland Crafts Podcast. Please come on the show again. We love having you on. Um We'll ask nicely next time. Keeps so, me off the okay. streets. Yeah, you're not going to curse at me when you touch Yeah, me, not, you know? not, not a problem. Michael Parks, best producer in radio. Hey, thanks, gang. Thanks for listening to Latour Live. Next week, episode 199. See you then. Bye-bye.